Lions get a win in Charlotte. Now what with the 53-man roster? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a special Saturday edition, everybody, of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, Saturday, August 26th, and the Sunday, August 27th, as we recap the Lions' 26-17 preseason win over the Carolina Panthers last night down in Charlotte. Matt Derry with you. Thanks for checking us out wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, following us on our Locked On Lions YouTube channel. If you are watching, thanks for being here with us and subscribing. Shout out to our everydayers as well. We check us out each and every day. We're going to do a Friday pod yesterday. I'm like, wait, let's just wait and do a show after the final preseason game, which a lot of us viewed last night on CBS at 8 o'clock. Part of the broadcast turned into the Bryce Young, uh, uh, Bryce Young, you know, propaganda hour. I mean, I guess that's the storyline. But regardless, Lions get a win, played much better. We'll get into that coming up momentarily on the show. We got to talk about last night. Really see some great depth in the secondary, which will make for some very tough decisions for the Lions brass when it comes to the and roster. We will discuss that coming up as well. Kicking, kicking situations a mess again. We will talk about that. Nate Sudfeld carted off. What does that mean for how many quarterbacks they're going to uh, carry on the roster? All of that today right here on Locked On Lions, which today is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Visit underdogfantasy.com. Or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Find us on Twitter at Dairy Speaks, at Lockdown Lions on Twitter, or X, whatever they're calling it now, who knows, uh, on threads at The Real Matt Dairy and also the Matt Dairy Facebook fan page where we post the podcast each and every day. All right, let me start with this. Last night's game, especially the second half, was a bit of a snoozer. It's preseason football. Nice to see that they were on on CBS. So you got Andrew Catalan and Matt Ryan and Tiki Barber, some national people talking about the team and, and everything else. And like I said, I thought it was slanted a little bit more toward Carolina. I know Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit was tweeting that out, kind of feeling the same way I was last night. But regardless, the Lions had a better showing last night and have a little positive momentum. I don't care if they win or lose. They just played better last night than they did last week in the loss to Jacksonville. Again. If they would have lost the game or something would have happened at the end and Carolina would have scored or what, who cares? All right. Now the Lions care, Dan Campbell cares, but to me, it all starts up front and the Lions offensive line, the depth along the offensive line, not the starters. All right. The starters are cool. All right. No one's going to say a bad thing about the starting six. All right. With Graham Glasgow as the swing guy. No one's saying a word about them. None of them played a single snap in the preseason. Decker, Jackson, Ragnow, Baitai with Glasgow, and Sewell are all good. All right, we are good there. The question was, who's going to step up in case of injuries, in case multiple guys go down in a game, which can happen, all right? Can Matt Nelson play? Can Ifedi play? What about Sorsdall? Last night, a guy like Colby Sorsdall, who the team drafted in the late rounds, really had a good game. You want to talk about handing out game balls, and PFF doesn't have their grades out yet, but a guy like Colby Sorsdale last night was moving bodies. He played some guard. He played some tackle. And he did a nice job. 
And a rookie like that that you drafted, albeit fifth, sixth round, whatever, you need to see if if they can go out there and play and make a contribution if there are injuries other places throughout the year. He played well last night. It was nice to see the offensive line push Carolina back a little bit, uh, enable Craig Reynolds, come on, Craig, score a touchdown. All right, even Craig Reynolds tweeted out his own touchdown and said, hey, bodies are moving. Offensive line did a nice job last night. So that was a positive. Really, on both sides of the ball, that's where you win games, man. O-line, D-line, up front. That's where the Lions have been solid and better as of late, especially going back to when they won eight of their last 10 last year. And you build something with a solid foundation up front, you're going to win a lot of football games. The Chiefs for years have been good on the O-line and the D-line. The Eagles have the best offensive line in the league. They went to the Super Bowl last year. When the Browns went to the playoffs a few years ago, um, uh, under Kevin Stefanski and won a playoff game in Pittsburgh, albeit uh, in front of no fans, they were really dominant up front with guys like Batonio, Joe, uh, not Joe Thomas, Batonio and others, um, Jedrick Wills, guys like that, when they were playing well. All right. You got to be able to block up front. So I thought Sorsdell played really well last night and it enabled Teddy Bridgewater to look like Teddy Bridgewater. All right. He was completing passes. He looked comfortable in the pocket. He didn't have guys in his face. There weren't miscommunications and fumbles like we saw last weekend on Saturday in the loss to Jacksonville. Bridgewater threw a perfect ball on that deep slant to Antoine Green in 2020, took it the 70 yards to the house for a touchdown. We've been waiting to see one of these depth wide receivers make a big play in one of these games. Yes, Chase Coda has done well. All right, Dylan Drummond really flashed during training camp and in some of the joint practices. But in a game, uh, you know, live bullets, under the lights, on an NFL field, front of NFL players, NFL referees, all of that. Uh, Antoine Green, the seventh-round pick from North Carolina with the 70-yard touchdown, maybe just made the team on that one catch. He looked good. Dylan Drummond made some plays last night. But it was the offensive line giving Teddy Bridgewater some time. And he looked so much more comfortable last night. So that was good. Uh, the Nate Sudfeld situation, carted off the field. Um, didn't look good. A leg injury. Uh, Adrian Martinez had to play the rest of the way. I don't think Nate Sudfeld makes this team. The Lions, and I, we talked about this this week, the Lions were the team that really pushed hard for that rule that allows for really 48 guys to be dressed on Sundays, if you carry a third quarterback on your 53-man roster, he doesn't count against the active 47 that you have um, uh, on game day. But I don't think I mean, Sudfeld played like a series, got hurt, and that was it. We've seen a lot of wave players waived on an injury settlement so far this this preseason. A ton of players, uh, Tom Kennedy and others that have been let go, uh, Mo Ibrahim. Uh, with with waiver designations due to injury. And I think that will be the same thing with Nate Sudfeld. I do not think the Lions are going to uh, ke uh, keep him. I don't think Adrian Martinez stays either. He's not very good. And let's see if the Lions are in the market for a number three quarterback from another team. I've mentioned Kellen Mond before, former Viking with the Browns. Let's see if other teams are carrying three, four guys. I'll tell you this. Carolina Panthers, 
uh, drafted Matt Corral a couple years ago in the third round. He's terrible. Terrible. And the kid that played after him last night, whose name escapes me, was even worse. But Matt Corral, I was stunned at how bad he was last night. He was terrible. Um, they'll keep him as their third guy because they took him in the third round, but he, he was missing all over the place last night. Um, but that's, that's the situation, I think, with the quarterbacks. But it was good to see Teddy Bridgewater look comfortable and play well. Um, and that was a nice, I can say a nice surprise, but it was just, you know, if anybody was concerned and worried last night or going into last night based off of the first preseason game, I think uh, Teddy Two Gloves kind of put that to rest. All right, more on last night and what we saw. I want to uh, talk a little bit more about the roster. The defensive backs were awesome last night. A lot of guys played well. We will do that uh, coming up next. We have a new subscriber right here on Lockdown Lions. It is our friends at Harry's. Yes, no matter why you shave, Harry's Razors has you covered for the best shave of your life at a price you'll love. You go to the store all the time, you get the blades, and you go, my gosh, these are expensive. From their legendary high-quality razors to skin products like exfoliating face wash and a hydrating lotion, Harry's gives you a premium shave without the premium price tag. Love Harry's, all right? Uh, trial sets, get them sent to you. I've had this done for years. I believe Harry's was with us on Lockdown years ago, and they sent the trial set. You get the blade, you get the razors, you get the shave cream, and it's awesome. The starter set is a $13 value for just $3 at harrys.com NFL. It includes a, a five-blade German-engineered razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. Scheduled delivery for refills as low as $2, half of what you pay for other blades. Harry's makes your skincare products give you the best shave ever, all right? And that smooth shave shouldn't be rough on your wallet, right? Creams, washes, lotions will keep your skin healthy and hydrated. There's no reason not to try Harry's. Give them a try. Harry's is the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, and they're still offering a no-risk trial you don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Harry's is great. Get your best shave ever this summer with Harry's razors and skincare products. Get a $13 starter set for just $3 by going to harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com slash NFL for that $3 starter set at Harry's. All right, Matt Derry, back with you. It is a Saturday edition, a little post-game pod from uh, last night's 26-17 Lions victory. A Lions victory um, against Carolina Panthers. By the way, Theo Gridiron, the man that sings the Alliance fight song, I ran into him a few weeks ago. He will be in Kansas City for the opener. Shout out to uh, Theo and his uh, beautiful wife. They're going down there. For, uh, for the game. So that Robin is her name. Uh, good people. All right. Anyway, um, secondary depth. Let's get into it. Last night was the Stephen Gilmore show. You know, I'm looking at these roster projections. I'm going through the roster and it's like Starling Thomas or Stephen Gilmore or Chase Lucas or Stephen Gilmore. The Lions are going to have a very difficult decision to make. And what they, they have to hope is, is that nobody picks up these guys for their 53-man, and they somehow slide to the practice squad. But last night, Stephen Gilmore, number 36 with the, with the long hair, um, just played great football. Now, again, preseason, I get it, everything else. But a pick six um, at the end of the game, great play, great break on the ball, a couple of pass breakups. He was tremendous. And it's been really all 
summer that this kid, the undrafted free agent, rookie free agent, has stepped up his game. He's got great genes, of course. It's in the blood. Stephon Gilmore, his older brother, has been one of the better cornerbacks in this league for, what, a decade? And for Stephen Gilmore now, it's just a numbers game. But he played a ton last night, and he was in the game in the fourth quarter. So I don't know if that means he's behind guys like Chase Lucas, Starling Thomas, but both Gilmore and Lucas last night played great. The Lucas interception in the end zone against Andy Dalton was a great play, all right? Not just a good play. That was a great play. Diving INT from number 27 in that right end zone. Um, I can't remember the last time the Lions had this kind of depth in their secondary. You know, you look at it in the cornerback position right now. Cam Sutton, Jerry Jacobs, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, who will start the year probably on the pup list. Brian Branch, who's kind of a nickelback safety. Will Harris, Starling Thomas, Chase Lucas, Stephen Gilmore. Heck, even Khalil Dorsey started last night and played well. So will the Lions carry six cornerbacks? Will they carry seven? Um, do they look at Branch as more of a safety, or do they keep Gardner Johnson, Tracy Walker, Kirby Joseph, and Ify Melifanwu? Is Melifanwu hurt enough that he starts the year on IL? What about Brady Breeze? There's a lot of questions. Um, but the fact that you've got right now Sutton, Jacobs, Branch, Thomas, Harris, Mosley, Lucas, Gilmore, Dorsey, there's a lot of options. And I feel really good about that cornerback room right now. Big question is, who's going to get cut on Tuesday? And would another team pick up a Starling Thomas or even a Stephen Gilmore before the Lions can stash them on the practice squad. Um, but I thought Gilmore last night played pretty really well. You know who else played well last night? I don't know much about him. And I haven't, you know, it's not like I'm sitting here telling you, oh, I've been watching him all training camp. But Corey Durden, if you watched him last night, who can play both inside and outside along that D line, that kid number 90 was everywhere last night. Uh, I don't know if he's going to make the team, but five tackles, a sack, Late in the game, like, he was somebody to watch. He looked good. Don't know if he's going to make it. But, you know, for a last preseason game, you want to see some guys flash? I thought Corey Durden played really well. Like I said, I wrote that when I was watching the game last night, I wrote down, well, I wasn't writing, but I put it in my phone, in my notes. Bridgewater, Gilmore, Lucas, Durden, and Sorsdal. Those are the five guys that really kind of stood out for me last night. I thought Drummond played well, like I said, Antoine Green. Um, you know, certainly, uh, like I said, um, great to see Craig Reynolds do his thing, but lions, lions have some interesting cuts. You know, if they let Starling Thomas go does somebody pick him up with his speed and his returnability, what about Stephen Gilmore? Um, you know, I was watching last night, Anthony Pittman and that kid, Trevor Nowaski, who's local, those kids probably aren't going to make the team. Anthony Pittman's not really a kid, but you know what I mean? And interesting to watch Julian O'Quara last night get injured against Carolina. James Houston was out there, and I tweeted this out, and many of you were tweeting me back like, well, who else do they have? I get it. Guys like Josh Pascal, even Romeo O'Quara, Charles Harris, Kaminsky, you didn't see any of those guys last night. So man, uh, they had to almost play James Houston late in the game, but I was surprised to see James Houston out there with like five, six minutes left in the game. And he got a sack, and hes I think he's solid on this roster. I don't see them getting rid of him. But I still 
think that for the next couple days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, before you have to get the roster down, I think it's going to give Brad Holmes an opportunity to make a trade and deal Julian O'Quara for a backup offensive lineman. I still believe that's going to happen. Uh, I'm not sure of the severity of the uh, Julian O'Quara injury, but um, let's just see. But I don't think he's going to make the team. And of course, he wasn't drafted by Brad Holmes. He's not a Brad Holmes draft pick. That doesn't help his cause um, either. I want to bring up the kicking situation. Um, we'll do that coming up next. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is like this every year, this kicking situation. Every year. Uh, but we got to tell you about our friends at Underdog Fantasy. We're in the month of August. You know what that means? The official start of fantasy football drafting season. Let's go get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time. It's back, and it's even better and bigger than ever. With $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 bucks going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Check out what Underdog has to offer. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKDOWN to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code LOCKDOWN easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball mania is our friends at underdog fantasy and what about margs oh yeah sparkling margaritas i've been telling you about margs look it's a saturday i'm gonna be completely honest with you all right today i'm going up to another place that is like a cider place rhymes with fakes all right but but i prefer my sparkling margaritas in a can right out of the refrigerator from Margs. If you've not tried Margs before, they are fantastic. Real Blanco tequila. Margs are clean, crisp, and genuinely taste so good. Five unique flavors, including my favorite, the sparkling coconut margarita. So there's something for everybody to enjoy. I love these most on the weekends or even after I do the podcast. It's like 6 o'clock right before dinner. Just to crack open one of these, they are fantastic. Visit Sip Margs, S-I-P. M-A-R-G-S.com to find a retailer near you and to learn more about it. That's S-I-P-M-A-R-G-S.com to find a retailer near you. Must be 21 and over to enjoy. Cheers. And please drink responsibly from our friends at Marg's. Well, Saturday edition, Locked On Lions. Thanks for uh, checking us out wherever you get your podcasts, every day. We want to thank you as well for uh, being with us. All right. So last night, it kind of appeared that last night was the Riley Patterson show. Lions incumbent kicker as of now, along with Parker Romo. Um, but Patterson's been there, done that. He's been with the team. He was with Jacksonville last year. He had a game-winning field goal in the playoffs. So last night, Riley Patterson had a couple of short field goals, then missed on a 53-yarder. And then at the end of the game, after the Stephen Gilmore pick six, he pulled an extra point wide left. After the game, Dan Campbell said, just a bad night. We still have faith in Riley, but you have to figure that Brad Holmes is going to be looking around and could he pull the trigger on a Mason Crosby or a Robbie Gold, who are veteran kickers that remain unsigned and in free agency. I told you last week, Michael Badgley was picked up in Tennessee. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, 
I'm not sure where this team's going with their kicking situation, but for three years now, this organization has not been able to, you know, secure that guy that, you know, you have faith in. So it's frustrating. I mean, I don't need to go into all the names again and talk about Austin Seibert and Ryan Santoso and who was the kid last year? The name escapes me. I mean, it's just, it's been three years. All right. They should have kept Matt Prater and been done with it years ago. But in this competition, they let Badgley go early. Uh, it was between Patterson and Romo. I don't think they have a lot of faith in Parker Romo in terms of consistency. He's got the better leg. Could probably could have probably made that 53 yarder last night that Patterson didn't make. Patterson was short on it. But for Riley to miss the extra point last night was not good. Now, I think Patterson is still going to win the job, but I also think for the next few days, Brad Holmes may be trying some people out, maybe bringing Mason Crosby or Robbie Gold to town to see if they can do it. This is what they've done the last couple of years. It's been late in the game when they've added their kicker. So I was disappointing to see Patterson miss, miss an extra point. Look, it's going to happen. But right now, big microscope has been on this kicking situation. I also think, to be honest, when we get into games, Dan Campbell's going to be going for it more than wanting a 47, 48, 49-yard field goal. I don't think he's got, even if he had gold or Crosby, keep an eye on it, but it's not been a good scene. And it continues to worry you as a Lions fan when it comes to a missed extra point like last night. Can't be doing that in Kansas City. You know, the Chiefs have a guy in Harrison Butker, you know, is going to be the guy. So we'll see where this goes and what the Lions do. All right. We are back on Monday with another episode right here on Lockdown Lions. We appreciate you checking us out wherever you get your podcasts. As we recapped last night's win. Talk to you again on Monday. Thanks, everybody.